of the passions Cruel and ignorant of the heart Men use the gods to be masters of the masses Blind eyes and divines, tyranny is art Why do you call me a godless heathen? Never judge you for the things which you stand Promise of salvation, threats of damnation This is the willful ignorance of man Hello, all you beautiful creatures of the night. Welcome to the Satanic Nature Podcast. We are Sin. Our subtitle is The Gay Agenda, Baby Eating, Witchcraft, Polyamory, Drugs, Rock and Roll, and Anything Else You Might Consider Offensive to Society. It's going to get weird in here. I am Cora Howell. And I'm Tomoe Belmont. If you would like to support us, please go to patreon.com slash satanic in nature and join one of our tiers. Both tiers get you access to our Discord server, $5 tier gets you access to the extra stuff we post on our Patreon. Side note, sorry guys, I've been fucking slacking there, so I will be posting a whole bunch of stuff shortly. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, if you have stuff directly to say to us, and you're not a patron and you don't want to be, please feel free to send us an email at satanicinnature at gmail.com or fill out the submission form on our Linktree website, which can be found on all of our social media accounts. If you would prefer to give those dollars to a cause and not just for our dumb shit here, you may send them on over to the Phil Abundance fundraiser that I have going at the top of our link tree. That money goes directly towards feeding families in the Philadelphia area and surrounding counties. Good shit. We have a new patron this month. Shout out to Allison. Ooh, Thanks Allison. so much. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you around a little more. You jumped right into the Discord. Thanks so much for doing that. Again, I've been slacking there as well. I'll be more, more annoying, I promise. Remember how we said in our last episode that we weren't going to get serious? We're going to dial that back a little bit and talk about a timely topic for this time of year. At least when this episode is coming out. For those of you listening into the future, sorry. Uh, we're going to talk about LGBTQ issues, and this will include statistics on suicide rates. So if that topic is sensitive for you in any way, prepare yourself appropriately or even stop the episode here and come back when you're ready. The statistics we're going to be referencing are from a 2023 youth survey conducted by the Trevor Project. The Trevor Project is a nonprofit organization that offers a crisis center to LGBTQ youth between the ages of 13 to 24. They do a lot of advocacy work across the country for the gay community and also have a crisis center operational in Mexico as of fall of 2022. They also have a lot of material on how to better show up as an ally for the LGBTQ community and for your loved ones uh, we will link them into these show notes for this episode you know before we get into this i'm going to read out some definitions uh got to make sure that we get some things straight to make sure that everyone is understanding what we're talking about ahead of this episode along with that i'm going to make sure that we introduce our guest for this episode as well Special guest. We, we, have have, guest. we have my partner sailor in for this episode who better to talk about gay shit than a bunch of gay people so <laughs> not a straight sis on this podcast right now um <laughs> so with that let me get into some of the definitions all right 
So the first thing we're going to talk about is what is the definition of sex? Sex is the classification of a person as male, female, or intersex. When we are born, doctors usually decide whether a female or male will be listed on your birth certificate. The sex assignment at birth is typically based solely on one's genitals. However, sex characteristics can also include chromosomes, gonads, and sex hormones. Intersex is a an umbrella term used for to describe variations in physical sex traits or reproductive anatomy that are present at birth or emerge spontaneously later in life and differ from the normative expectations of male and female. In fact, prior to this, I did an episode on a different podcast in which we talked about how there is 24 different variations of intersex out there in the world. And it could represent up to 1.7% of the population. There's not a lot of testing done at this stage when people are being assigned. So uh, that's an estimation because of the fact that there's not as much as you'd think done and people only usually find out later in life. Someone's sex characteristics is is private information when someone shares their identity with you, it is invasive and appropriate to assume to try to deduce that a person's sex assigned at birth is what it is. Believe others when they say who they are and support them. Part of this as well is because of the fact that there's a very big difference between sex and gender. Gender is a different term for a reason. Gender describes the internal experience of being a man, a woman, a non-binary person, or otherwise. Every person experiences gender differently, and you cannot know someone's gender simply by looking at them. I will also add that gender varies depending on which society that you're in. Depending on where you grew up and where you live, gender can be very different. Some of the common genders include uh, that you may have heard out there, including one of the ones from those different societies, are the following. The first one is cisgender, people whose gender identity aligns with the sex they were assigned at birth. Then there's transgender, people whose gender identity differs from the sex they were assigned at birth. Some folks might choose to receive a certain gender-affirming care, but this is not necessary, and each person should be allowed to choose what works best for them and their transition. Now, I will also say that this is an umbrella term, right? When we think about transgender, non-binary, two-spirit, and other things also fit into that because it does not align with the gender or the sex that they were assigned at birth. The third one that we're going to talk about on here to make sure that we reference it is non-binary, an umbrella term to describe people who experience their gender gender identity and or expression outside of the male, female, man, woman, binary, including folks who are gender fluid, gender queer, polygender, bigender, demigender, agender, and many others. We have one of those amazing people right here on this podcast. It's you, John. <laughs> <laughs> Two-spirit people. The fourth one that we're going to talk about is an umbrella term created by the First Nations, Native American, and Indigenous peoples to describe a sexual orientation and or gender uh, or sex that exists outside of the colonial constructions of the gender binary. It actually varies based upon the tribe that people are in, can often have a different term depending on whatever tribe that you're talking about, but it generally represents neither man nor woman, but a distinct and alternative gender status exclusive to their ethnicity. This term should not be appropriated by or used by people to describe people who are not of the First Nations, Native American, or Indigenous tribes of the United States. I will also yes. add that there's many other different things. There's the indigenous peoples uh, of Indonesia, um, the, uh, the Bugis people who have at least five genders. There's the Skopskia Russia that have one. There's many different expressions of gender out there in the world. 
Um, yes. We just wanted to give you a couple because they might get talked about in this episode. So yeah, we're going to be slinging these terms around a lot. And also a vast majority of what was just said was taken from the Trevor Project's website as well. They offer downloadable content on explaining shit like this. Like it is broken down. Honestly, that was the best written difference between sex and gender that I have personally seen maps that shit right out for you they also have references for how to better show up for trans people for non-binary people for lesbian gay and just people who are different from you basically um sadie please introduce yourself we just throw a lot of information at people and you're gonna slide in here and they're gonna be like what the fuck there's another person (laughs) there's another one of us I'm, another gay person <laughs> hi my name is sailor that's about it oh come on you got to do more than that uh th- this is my partner yeah. she's amazing i'm i'm just glad that she's uh here um recently moved in and it, you know when it comes to discussing this topic i'm just happy that she's here it's just another voice from the community so yeah. mm-hmm. um, so what are what is your connection to this episode specifically for anyone who doesn't know you I don't want to like out you, you know, (laughs) I'm also a trans woman. So yeah. You, what are your pronouns? She, her. Okay. Generally like uh, people, um, you know, look at us a little differently because we're a trans couple. We are um, two trans women um, living with two kids. And so we are quite the strange queer family here. So um, it's great though. I think yeah it's it's just the lovely inversion of just the white picket fence the house the dog the yard yeah picture that is the normal cisgendered desire for life to be (laughs) definite inversion would be the right word yes Yes. yeah (laughs) it most certainly is like (laughs) like fuck like you're you're both trans i'm sure there are cis women out there on tiktok seething at the fact that you two quote unquote gave up being men and are quote unquote pretending to be women which is bullshit. oh goodness oh and then they'll get really mad if we tell them that we're lesbians too yeah. so that's a whole other thing that's so. a whole other thing <laughs> that is a whole other fucking bag of bullshit oh, no. for them to sling and just just gonna put a very fine point on this if you're looking to be an ally um don't do any of that (laughs) don't say that trans people or non-binary people or people who are not cisgendered are fucking pretending that's just rude that's mean like do you want to clock into your job and have people be like oh you're just pretending well so do you want to walk down the street somewhere and be like oh i look great in this and be like no you're just no (laughs) somebody be fucking rude and tell you that's wrong no fuck you don't do that rude what's really funny to me is they'll often say that they're not offended by if someone were to call them a different gender than they are but they absolutely are all i can think about is you know the perfect example being the sandlot from back in the day you play ball (laughs) like a girl right like (laughs) you know that kind of thing you absolutely are affected even as a cisgender person by someone calling you something that you aren't and yes you think that you know, you're going to purposely do that to someone is not only disrespectful, it's just insulting, right? It's 
it's funny that you said that because I believe it was Bob the drag queen. I could be wrong about this, but I do believe it was them who was on a TikTok live and had like a bunch of people in the live who were bitching about pronouns and they very politely asked them like, oh, so I can call you any pronoun, got their permission and then started using he him for a woman who was bitching and she her for a man who was bitching and within 10 minutes of that they lost their fucking minds like they lost <laughs> their minds and they reported this drag queen and now they're they're banned from doing lives for a little bit because they misgendered someone and they couldn't fucking take it so the bitter irony of that yeah is staggering like uh, that they're you're trying to say pronouns don't matter but you lost your fucking mind just being misgendered for 10 fucking minutes yeah you diaper baby bitch yeah (laughs) and the funny thing is i i do that all the time i am a very big tiktoker and uh i end up doing lives that's the primary thing that i go out there and do so i am very used to having this this discussion with people who are of all walks of life. And one of the things that um, people don't understand is that like, you know, I under, I very much do this all the time. They think coming on there that they'll have some gotcha question that will get me out, get me to kind of say something wrong. But to be honest, like they don't understand like that trans people have to put up with this all the time. It's one thing it's, or even just LGBTQ people. We put up with things that no normal person should ever have to. And we're very prepared for it most of the time. Mm. Does it affect us? Absolutely. But at the same time, it's a virtue of the fact that we are constantly on the defensive as we walk around. And as we talk about people that are younger, as we get into this episode and we look at um, this age group uh, that we're going to talk about, which is 13 to 24, of which Sailor is a part of, T and I are a bit older, but at the same time, you know, I think that this group that's younger is has a greater effect on them than it does to the yeah. people that are young, older and have had longer to learn how to defend themselves, learn how to get through that. A lot of them have some time and some work to do now. Um, that is I, to say, not that people who are not a part of the statistic don't matter. Do not put those fucking words in our mouths because we no. just said we are not a part of this age group. Um, and I think it just comes from God, I can't believe I'm going to fucking say this. I think it's a generational difference, right? Mm -hmm. People, you hear the phrase, so-and-so walked, so -so so-and-so could run. That's what each generation of LGBTQ people have done. Like the people before us walked so we could run. And and side note, I've, I've heard people in my age group and maybe a little bit older than me complain about how these these new gay kids don't know what hardship is stop stop it stop it each time i have to say isn't this the point of pride isn't this the point of us throwing bricks isn't this the point of us marching so that these kids can have it easier yeah like they shouldn't have to have it more difficult or as difficult as you did yes don't be a miserable bitch (laughs) <laughs> and isn't that the stop. sign of progress and, yeah. and the sad yes. part to me is that it's going backwards right now which is part of the theme In- of this episode 
Yes, there's a lot of scary and very fucking real legislature that is happening, specifically geared towards trans people, especially, that is gearing up for fucking genocide. I'm not exaggerating. This shit is real. Please read the news. More importantly, please go out and vote. Do not give these people the space of fucking time. Yes. And so, Let's dive into these statistics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So to make it real, the first one that we want to talk about is something very hard to talk about, which is suicide, right? So mm-hmm. the first one I want to talk about is that people between the ages of 14 to 24, uh, when they took this survey, by the way, just to make sure that people understand this, it was 34,000 people between those ages. Mm-hmm. 45% of those 34,000 kids considered suicide in the last year. So when we talk about this, we have to understand that that's almost half of those people that were in that age group that had considered something very, you know, hard and we have to understand why. And so that's where we kind of get into some of those kinds of things. Yes. For those of you who are not good at numbers, 45% of 34,000 is 15,300 people. That is not a small number that when we say it's almost half, like we really fucking mean this. That is 15,300 people between the ages of 13 and 24 who considered not being alive anymore. And just going to add this as a personal note. I also was a part of that group. I may be older now, um, but it wasn't that long ago that I was very unhappy and was a part of that statistic, right? Um, and that was for most of my life. Um, it's only been recently that I've been able to kind of come out of that. And I, I think it's important to talk about that and not be afraid to say that I was a part of that. Yeah, uh, yeah me too. Me too. I was also an alcoholic, which the rate of alcoholism in the gay community is significantly higher. I don't have a specific percentage for you guys, but we get targeted with this lifestyle, this party bar scene, because let's face it, for a majority of the last few decades, the only safe spaces we've been able to create for ourselves have been nightclubs and bars, and that's where alcohol flows. You drink yourself into a stupor and have a great time and then it becomes a thing like for me it was a coping mechanism i fucking hated being me and i would drink myself into almost death quite a few times like there were quite a few times where i had fucking alcohol poisoning and i was just too stupid and too blockheaded to die. So here I am, unless <laughs> this is a coma that I'm in. <laughs> Man, your coma, if it was a fantasy for, of your brain, was is not the best, you know, situation in the world there. So like it's great uh, now. It's great now, but I mean, <laughs> like, uh, I don't think if I was in a dream, I'd be uh, putting that much uh, hate towards our community out there, but. You know, you never no. know what the subconscious could do to you. You're in a coma. Just don't, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. Kidding. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I think Sailor mentioned something that was really important, though. In- yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to say going back to like um, being a statistic, I was part of the same statistic being a suicidal teenager. There's a reason 
my first tattoo was the semicolon that I have on the back of my neck. <laughs> but oh, I didn't know that. Oh, a lot of us have been there. And so it's important to even add the personal set of things that you've got three LGBTQ people on this, on telling this you that yeah, you're all a part of it. Here we are. We, it gets better. I know that's fucking stereotypical to say, but it gets better when you start to embrace yourself a little more. It does really get better. And the next statistic that we've found with these Trevor, uh, the Trevor Project statistics that they put out is that LGBTQ youth that found their school supportive had a much lower rate of suicide or attempted suicide than those who found that their school was hostile or unsafe in some way. Um, It was 55% of this collective who participated who found that if their school was affirming and yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, That's over 17,000 of them who said that school made them feel safer. And with the legislature that we talked about earlier, they're attacking school spaces specifically. It's numbers like these that more people need to see to stop those attack on like the the quote unquote woke classroom curriculum because it is that kind of curriculum. It is that inclusive kind of behavior and environment that lowers these percentages drastically right which is why we're calling it a genocide because when you start to attack the very things that help people stay alive you are in an essence trying to take away the things that keep them alive you're 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 trying to increase that suicidality and get rid of those people and so that's why these you know things like in florida that are attacking kids inside those schools are so seditious it seems like something that you know, on the surface of things, allowing parents to control their kids' education is the way that it was worded, but it's really not. Yeah. Yes. At the end of the day, it's meant to squash this type of talk and to, you know, really affect uh, LGBTQ people um, in a deep and harmful way. Yeah. They want us to do the job for them. They don't have to come after us, bust into our homes with guns and kill us when they can just oppress us in spaces where we feel safe enough for us to just want to give up and fucking die. It's you say, oh, it's not a genocide because we're not like shooting you in the streets. No, you're being a lot more fucking insidious about it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's where I look at things like the Trevor Project's thing on movies, right? It's a positive mm-hmm. thing when they see themselves in representation in media that 89% of the LGBTQ youth in that survey actually felt better about being who they are when they saw a gay or trans person or mm-hmm. represented inside of a movie or a TV show. But the mm-hmm. same thing goes for schools. When they see themselves represented in you know, history, for instance, mm-hmm. right? We actually feel better that, you know, hey, like we, we aren't alone, that there's been people before us that they've made it, that they've yeah. had an influence, that they've had an impact. And, you know, one of the things that like helped me, you know, to understand our history is actually teaching people that. Like, for instance, I teach people about Elagabalus, right? Who was the transgender emperor of Rome, Emperor S. 
2000 years ago uh, that she was leading Rome and, uh, and I quote, was willing to pay half the wealth of the Roman empire to get a vagina, right? If that's not like, fuck it, I'm going <laughs> to get some gender affirming care. Um, I don't know what it is. And that bitch had the money. <laughs> that bitch had the money. Um, yeah. Side note to that is I often like describe myself like a person who straddles many fences. I'm bisexual. I'm biracial. I'm kind of bi-gender in that I don't give a fuck. I'm both a man and a woman and neither at the same fucking time. I am the bad boyfriend who will ruin your heart in the form of a small Asian woman. And (laughs) (laughs) I straddle many fences. And going back to the representation thing is not just with like other gay people. When I see Asian characters, I'm just like, whoa, it's 2023. And in some media spaces, I'm still playing spot the Asian, but it's getting better. This is great. That is to say that there's kind of an alarming trend in that Asians are being cast more as like villainous characters that I'm noticing. I'm not really a fan of that. Granted, I do like villains better usually than the heroes. <laughs> usually. Also, uh, you know, that's a that's a gay kid thing too. Yeah. How many queer coded Disney villains are you aware of? <laughs> but it I'm still just happy to see representation. It just gets to be a well, I guess they were a badass. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So the, the thing for me is that I remember when my egg started to crack. And for those of you who don't know what an egg is, an egg is someone who's trans and not out and uh, everything like that. So trans people refer to people who haven't come out yet as eggs or who oh. haven't figured it out even yet. Yeah. So when you start to see someone's egg crack, it means that they're starting to figure that shit out. And uh, for me, it was in 2014, 2015, when I started seeing Laverne Cox inside Orange is the New Black and Pose and also Sense8. We're all in the same couple of years in 2014, 2015, um in 2016 and that was the years that i started to figure out hey i'm trans like shit like uh so when people say that representation doesn't matter i personally have something that really has helped me in understanding who i am from that representation yeah yeah Yeah, like fucking fucking avatar like (laughs) yeah there's no white people in avatar (laughs) there's no white people and just like oh shit look at this this is great yep i i love the way that they've started to actually you know pay tribute to the fact that there's more people out there than just white people hey and there's more people out there than just cis straight like when i think about hallmark videos right and christmas videos and that kind of stuff there's it's the same bs like it's disgustingly sappy and it's always the same storyline you've seen one hallmark movie you have seen all the hallmark movies like they're the same thing just with a different spin every single time yeah so when i think about that stuff it really like having something that's different makes a difference for a lot of people all right, listen, white people, cis white people, I'm not upset at you, okay? None of us are upset at you. We're just very much aware that you exist, all right? That's fine. That's great. We're happy you're here. 
But when someone goes online and bitches about like, oh, why do I got to be the black girl? Or, oh, why do I have to play as like the gay kid or whatever? Why do I have to do that? Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> just just stop. Like, no, none of us are out here like, oh, why do I have to play as this straight white man in a video <laughs> game? Like that that's been the normal. Like I have a fucking Legend of Zelda tattoo on my goddamn chest. Like <laughs> that's a that's a straight white man for the most part. And that's fine. That's just been the normal thing. But it's just nice for people like me and people who are not cis and white to see themselves in someone else. Like when you see a superhero, right? You're like, damn, that's cool as fuck. But if they look like you, it's a lot more inspiring. It's you, you feel that. You feel that a little more. And we're not saying we don't want you anywhere. We're saying just leave a little space for us too. That's it. Absolutely. I I think about the Little Mermaid movie that's coming out and the reaction to them putting a black woman playing a um, the lead role, the lead, lead role. Disney role, role in a Disney film. Yes, is a person of color. They lost their minds, and I. The sad part to me is that we're talking about a mermaid. This is a fictional being. It's not even a human, one. And two, like, it's a magical world that doesn't exist. So what are you talking about? Like, what we need to understand is that there's some kid out there who's going to see that and go, I can be the lead character too. I can do that. And does it take away from any other thing that those white people have seen in their entire lives? No, we're not saying that you don't exist anymore. What we're saying is that other people exist and that they are valid as well. And so it's not going to hurt you to have one movie (laughs) like where there's a person like that. Um, My dad (laughs) didn't even understand it until recently. And it was one of those things where I nearly cried when he sent me a Star Trek episode with a non-binary character in it and said, you need to watch this, right? And Star Trek Discovery, probably. Yes, (laughs) it was. Yeah. I think T has some strong feelings on Star Trek Discovery, but, you know, like... uh... Not as strong as Picard, but um, we'll have a Star Trek episode. I'm already writing my script for it. (laughs) (laughs) As you have to brush up. Yeah, as you hung up your uh, bat lift last week or whatever, right? I did. I finally hung up my bat lift. For those of you who do not know, I have a bat lift. And if given the opportunity to talk about it or show it, I absolutely fucking will. Um, Speaking of me lacking in Patreon posts, I will post a goddamn picture with the release of this episode. Awesome. My bat lift over... Over my altar, actually. It looks great. But getting back to um, <laughs> representation in media is there is a distinct lack of people of color in fantasy spaces in general. Oh, yeah. So when you think of things like, oh, D&D that we mentioned, it what immediately comes to mind for people who do picture such things is usually like, white people like lord of the rings legolas frodo white white uh aragorn white 
Very white. on the cast of Critical Role up until this past summer, they're all white. Yeah. And interestingly enough, with Lord of the Rings, uh, Rings of Power cast a whole lot of people of color for that. And they got people bitching. But I thought it was fucking great like to see a world that I've always escaped to as a kid to see not just white people like how I just said like oh you think Legolas and Aragorn and Frodo they're all white but like that got reimagined recently and I'm just like hell yeah this is great say like some of those characters are played by white people they are definitely not coded as white people (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) even then there are varying shades of people even within the community like myself i a person who straddles many fences right i'm i'm white passing i'm a i'll admit that i'm white passing when i feel safe enough to be like guys i'm i'm fucking asian like stop it <laughs> it draws a certain skepticism right mm. it people look at it and go oh what like was your your grandparent like no my dad was asian I just look this way because I don't know. Genetics are fucking weird. And <laughs> yeah. genetics are weird and I got lucky, I guess. The, there's varying shades, even within non-white places about that. Weird tangent. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, so one of the things that um, we, we have to talk about when it comes to this report and some of the things that we get into is the laws that are you know, being fought by these statistics. And one of the things that I want to call attention to is just how bad this year of 2023, if you're listening from the future is, um, and I'm, you know, sure you're going to laugh at me or something like that and far enough in the future, but at the same time, hopefully, hopefully you're laughing at me, but right now, as of April, there was 417 laws introduced by April that were anti-LGBTQ laws in the United States. Just this year. Not the prior year, just as of 2023, from January to April specifically. And in 2022, at the same time of year, there was only 180. So that's more than double the prior year, which, by the way, 180 was the highest ever. So that they doubled the prior high. They doubled the amount in less than four months. And that's such a sad statement. Um, But that's the world we're living in right now. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about like this kinds of stuff, I mean, they're, they're passing laws that would take in Texas, for instance, take away trans kids from their parents. They're passing laws in places like Florida that make it illegal to talk about this kind of stuff in different places. They're ta- they're literally taking away books. If you want proof that we're in a group that are in a country that is verging on fascism, they are literally taking away there it is. books. Yes. T's shaking fuck? their head right now. I'm really <laughs> shaking my head. I don't I don't have anything nice to say about any of that. Um, and also some of it can be vaguely interpreted as a threat so i'm just not going to say it uh, but i am very disappointed and very upset by this 
These are fucking children that are being affected by this. So if you're out there like, oh, it's just for this is just those those weird alternative adults. No, there are children being affected by this because the fucking statistics we're referencing are for people under 24. I mean, especially we're talking mm-hmm. about the 13 to 24, right? Yeah. So we're talking about people in high yes. school. Yeah. Um, the sad, specifically. The yeah. sad part is that some of the laws target people even younger than that, right? Yeah. And what I will say is this, that people develop their idea of gender as early as three years old. When you talk about people who, um, who are trans, um, and I'm one of them in the sense that I recognized that something was different as early as five. And that's basically as far back as I can remember. And the thing is that everybody who I've talked to, not every single one, but the vast majority of them have that same experience that they were different from a very young age. You know, I think it's, it's really interesting that people don't understand that you are usually recognizing this really early in life. The hard part is, is that means that these laws are affecting the people who are that age and they're not able to get the care that would help them to prevent these statistics that we just talked about. Yeah. Um, within this same survey, talking about mental health care access, which is what the Trevor Project as a whole tries to give people is uh, mental health care access is that 80% of the people surveyed wanted care but only 40 percent of that 80 percent were able to get it they couldn't most of them couldn't even get it even though they wanted it like this is fucking crazy we're not even talking about gender affirming care we're just talking about mental health care yeah we're just talking about like therapy we're talking about um counseling we're talking about things that people should have access to and they didn't. I can only ask why the fuck not? Yeah. Why not? You gotta consider boundaries of cost. You have to consider accessibility. You have to consider are they even in some kind of city or rural area? Like, is that a real thing? Is this even fucking achievable for them? Which is sad that there's just so many barriers to just being able to talk to a fucking healthcare professional about your goddamn day or how you're feeling. I don't like that. I, mm, that makes me sad. And I'm, I'm between therapists right now. Finding this shit is hard enough. And I live in a giant city. Like I'm, yeah, (laughs) I can only area. Yeah. yeah. I can only, imagine like where you came from like you're a you're a young trans woman i'm sure there were lots of fucking hoops for you to jump through to get to where you are now yeah there were (laughs) you know i i think about how old were you when i came out i was 15 that was back in i might have been 14 about to turn 15 it was on spring break of my freshman year of high school so it was like 2015 2016 around that year that i came out and yeah it's been a while <laughs> and so it's, it's really funny technically she's my trans elder in the sense yeah. that she's been oh. trans longer than i have <laughs> uh and yeah you know. but that just goes to show 
some people just know who they fucking are. Yeah. It just some people come into their own and know who they are from such a small age. Like I'm 32, I don't have this fucking gender thing figured out and I yeah. frankly <laughs> don't ever care to do it. But there are people out there like you who look at yourself and go, I know who I am and I know who I want to be. Yeah. Why can't you do it? Think about the fact that this is a state that she was living in that is now passing those types of laws. Yes. I am from Alabama. So it's a little yikes. Yeah. (laughs) That's one of the states. I'm sorry. Yes. Currently passing (laughs) the laws that would have affected her at that age. You would have not been able to get the health care. They've already passed. Like before I left, like at least a year before I left, they had already passed a law. Anyone under 18 cannot get gender affirming care. Cannot what get the fuck? Hormones, can't even get hormone blockers. Well, and so this is the other thing. People don't even who are talking about these types of things are not doctors. They're politicians. They yeah. don't even understand the difference between hormones and puberty blockers. Right. And so when we talk about this kind of stuff, I just want to say this is that the American Pediatric Society, but essentially the, the people who do mental health care all agree that basically this is wrong, that kids should be able to achieve and to be able to get gender affirming care. Yet they're not listening to the experts and they're passing things regardless. And the sheer fucking balls on these motherfuckers saying that, oh, it's the gay people pushing an agenda. What the fuck do you call this? We're just trying to exist. Yeah. The same shit you have you're the ones with an agenda trying to literally at this point erase us yes that is pushing an agenda just wanting to exist and mind your own fucking business and be who you are is not pushing a fucking agenda it's just fuck um i literally just want to like raise my kids be with my partner and like make my ridiculous satanic podcast yeah and like (laughs) (laughs) so i i don't even know like why they're going after a you know a group of the population um that's relatively small now people between the the age group that we're talking about it's much larger um so five percent we're only getting gayer (laughs) everyone's very much getting gayer yes Uh, and not not in the sense that they didn't exist before it's in the sense that it was very much accepted for a very long period of time here like a good decade right and when we got to that point a lot of people felt safe to come out so as a result it's it's kind of like when people talk about left-handedness for a long time left-handedness was considered wrong and so it was of the devil it was literally according to catholics it was of the devil that's why it's called the (laughs) left hand path right so the when people were finally allowed to use their left hand there was this huge boom of left-handed people like and they were like oh my goodness what's going on (laughs) and it's like no those people always existed they just did one of them for now yes so the same exact thing is happening with trans non-binary um, and just LGBTQ, LGBTQ people in general, right? So when we start to talk about this stuff and everyone goes, oh my goodness, it's a huge boom. Well, yes, absolutely. We're being allowed to exist for the first time in history of this country. So of course there's a boom. Yeah. It's yeah. not a trend. It's not a fad. It is just the fact that we're 
allowed to express ourselves for the first time. So when we think about these laws, they're trying to counteract that exact thing. Yes. Um, and when I think about 5% of people in the uh, United States eventually being trans non-binary, that means one in 20 is trans non-binary. Yeah. That is the same number of how many people have dyslexia. Like 20% of the population is, is thought to be dyslexic. Again, here I am. I'm one of them. Um, that's fucking, I think that's cool. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. it's the same as redheadedness. It's the same percentage. <laughs> so you know, when we, when we think about all that kind of stuff, to me, it's like uh, across the United States, it's roughly 1.7% according to the same survey. Right. So that's, that's a less than 2%. Yeah, I get it. Um, But that also then begs the question why you're putting so much focus on it when it comes to laws. Right. If I think about 417 laws were introduced to affect this small group of individuals, right. When these are the same states that rank the worst in education, they rank the worst in roads, they rank the worst in economy, they rank the worst in all of these things, and they're focusing on us. Like, you have better things to worry about. I am sorry, (laughs) but not sorry at all. (laughs) Focus on your own shit. (laughs) Like, damn. (laughs) I I went on a bit of a rant there, but to be honest, it's relevant. Like, think about this stuff. Fuck them. Like, fuck them. Like, I I can't tell you how much brain space this has taken up in my life recently. And I I can't. It's hard. It's exhausting and hard. Very hard. All right. Well, let's turn this conversation around then. And let's hit them with some good stuff. Like, you can can have (laughs) moments of joy while being gay. <laughs> you can have moments of joy while being actually you can have moments of joy while being gay. Um, I, I think I have more moments of joy now that I'm out than I ever did when I'm in yeah. my entire life. Despite the fact that there's a bunch of negative shit going on, we still have our. Everyone has their good days. Yeah, ours are it's... a lot more prevalent now. Yay! I got to move in with my amazing partner that's sitting right yeah. next to me. <laughs> My yeah, kids. me too. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> okay. my kids love her. Like it's been amazing. And to be honest, like that's the kind of stuff we should be celebrating. And I will say this is that if you're young, younger and you're going through it, to T's point, it gets better. It does. It truly does. And it does. Um then within this same survey that we've only been referencing for just dismal fucking news there's there's good news in the survey as well and to name a little bit of it is the effect of having a supportive community lowered the rate of attempted suicide to eight percent the percentage for the unsupportive community was 21 that's significant and honestly that eight percent is smaller than the cis peers like just cis kids who are depressed or going through it or whatever so if you're trying to tell me that safe spaces and having a support system doesn't matter i'm sorry but you're wrong (laughs) you're 100 wrong and and when you talk they always go oh well what's your sample size well this is thirty-four thousand students is that not enough for you 
Yeah. Like big enough of a sample size. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, (laughs) the rate for cisgender peers is 9%. So when you think about that, that's actually less than their peers. And when we, when we think about if we had a pill that would drop someone's, you know, likelihood of passing away by 10% or higher, we would do it in two seconds. Yeah. In a heartbeat. But on the positive side of things, that means that we can do that. We can make a difference. We can make a difference. We can be there for the kids in our lives and be those kinds of people that make it a safe place, right? Yeah. So let me just reference how do you be supportive? Like, how do you you celebrate a gay or trans non-binary person in your life who you just don't maybe know how to do that? The number one thing you can do is address them by their preferred name and pronouns. Like it doesn't <laughs> hurt you. It doesn't hurt yeah. you to do. It's yeah, not here difficult. Yeah, it's not hard. It's not gonna fuck you up. And if you can, if do you're it thinking for someone's dog, you can do it for a person. Yes, we're a fucking Pokemon. Like, come on now. <laughs> to be a little less intense about it is if you are just scared that you're gonna fuck up that's okay all you have to do is correct yourself in the moment like there's um i'm gonna say again i'm a non-binary person with two trans people on this podcast and we all have been in moments where we've been talking or we have like a group chat going on someone gets misgendered or miss like like their dead name referenced we correct it when we move on yes we don't fucking flame the person into oblivion no we give them the space to correct themselves and go oh shit my bad i'm sorry and i've done that for people i've been like oh hey per oh shit sorry let me start over hey (laughs) And that's the thing. Don't linger on it. Apologize oh. and move on. Yeah, because make it, make it quick. there's people who will overcorrect oh, too. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that gets almost more uh, like ridiculous than if you just say sorry, apologize and yeah. do it going forward. So it's not hard. And to be honest, like it means a lot to us that you're willing to try the effort really fucking counts. It really fucking counts. Um, but beyond that, let me just highlight here is that acceptance and tolerance are not the same thing. All we're asking is that you tolerate names and pronouns. That's it. You don't have to you don't have to go about and be like, oh my God, this is my friend. She is a trans woman, blah blah blah. No, don't out anybody. Don't put us up as like some weird fucking banner. Don't do that. Just be cool about it. Act like it's just an everyday fucking thing. Like if you can call somebody like a street name or a nickname, you can call a trans or non-binary person a name that they want to be called. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing you might accidentally out someone that, you know, I've, I've had times where someone's like, Hey, my, my trans friend, Cora and referencing me as the token trans woman, it's not a great feeling. So like, cause I'm just your friend. 
I'm just a woman. I'm just a part of your life. And that is exactly how we want to be treated as just a part of your life. I personally had the special privilege of having that in high school. (laughs) Oh. Where all of my friends, whenever they introduced me to boys or anybody for that matter, they'd be like, yeah, this is Sailor. She's trans. (laughs) That was was the go-to. No. No. So, and we're not saying that we're saying this from our experience to complain, but also at the same time to tell you how you can do things better and make something good for someone else out there in your life. Trust me, you go up to someone and affirm them in the right way and they will light up. If you want to see someone happy and just with the biggest smile on their face and the biggest like. Oh, I mean, yeah, just the glow, like the literal happiness. glow. Yes, and all it takes yes. is saying something in the way that you should be saying it, anyways. Yeah, so yeah, just yeah. Like so, kind person. Yes. So another thing is the backhanded comments, right? The trying to be like hip and cool about it, and be like, "Oh, I would have never knew you were trans." Like. <laughs> looking cis is not the fucking goal yeah the goal is to just exist yeah the goal is to just be who you are yeah i i think that's the funny thing is that they will come in and like that comment assumes that we care like about that like what we care about is being ourselves and being accepted a lot of people can't pass yeah. is what it's called, right? A lot of people like, don't want to pass. Yeah, right. passing. That is what it's called. Yep. Yeah. And so to make that assumption and just to, to sit, say that can actually be even worse. The one that actually gets me even worse is when someone uses you're very cute for a trans woman. Yeah. Uh, That's a, like thorn. Right. Like I'm just like cute. Trans people are just supposed to be ugly. Like, no. <laughs> so I think that that's where it, it's kind of, it doesn't seem like a lot when you look on the surface of it, but it, it's people call it microaggressions because they're small, right? Yeah. They're not meant to be something that is on purpose or even really overt, but the hard part for people who exist within them is that they happen so often, sometimes constantly. Yes. Yeah, and guys, I have been guilty of the oh, I would have never knew. It wasn't coming from a place of like intentional, like hatred or yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't hurling it as an insult. It just kind of oh, I would have never knew. Like, huh? I just didn't know how to react to someone feeling like I'm safe enough for them to tell me that they're trans. Yeah, I have learned since right i'm not gonna fucking do that rather than saying oh i would have never knew you can say something like thank you for telling me yeah i'm so happy that you're happy and that you're living your truth your truth and your happiness so yeah because they're sharing something that as we've stated multiple times that could potentially be a dangerous thing to share i think in the being transgender today episode we talked about the fact that it is so fucking dangerous for trans women to date 
like they are most likely to be fucking murdered just yeah. for dating. And that's not even to go into it like in the South because I have a special experience in that oh. specific portion of the Southeast. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. Like, so if someone is telling you this, it just means that they feel safe with you. It's a compliment. It's a bonding of friendship. <laughs> it's yeah and let me tell you nothing feels worse than when you feel like you can trust someone and you tell them and then they are mad or have a bad reaction and so even if you don't agree even if you don't accept it's that tolerance yeah right you don't have to react in a bad way you can choose to react in a way well that is just like we said where it doesn't hurt you in any way Mm -hmm. to be kind and yeah, I I know someone, someone who I care very much for, who is close to me, who openly admits, like, I don't fucking understand the weird pronoun thing. But they still use people's proper pronouns because, and I quote from them, is at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking affect me. It affects them. That's the ultimate form of tolerance right there, right? Like, yes. they don't understand it but they're not going out of their fucking way to avoid it. Everyone associates this kind of stuff with such a negative light. I will say that if you've ever spent a real amount of time with a group of like LGBTQ people, that it's not negative (laughs) that at all, that that is the happiest group of people when they're together (laughs) that I've ever been around ever. Um, it's kind. They are loving. They will take the shirt off their back for you. Yeah. This is a group of people that is has gone through the gauntlet. And instead of being bitter and instead of being genuinely angry all the time and having it affect them in that way, they have bonded together as a community. We talk a lot about chosen family on this podcast. And a lot of us that LGBTQ community is our chosen family. But that doesn't mean that if you're not a cis ally out there, that you could be one of those people as well. And let me tell you, when you get to the point where someone thinks of you as their chosen family, there is no happier person and and nicer person to be around. Exactly. Yeah. So us here, we're kind of, we're a shining example of that, right? Like we have thousands of miles between us but we go out of our way to talk to each other almost every day like (laughs) this is yeah yes every day literally (laughs) just about every day i think we missed a couple of days somewhere in between but only because we were busy right we have other things happening in our lives and that's perfectly fair and valid and i am a person who does not really have like blood family i don't have them right like i have a a brother that's it i don't have mom i don't have dad i don't have these people and i went out and found that i might not funny enough we're recording this on mother's day i might not have like a mom to go out of my way to do a grand gesture for today but I damn sure sent a fucking Snapchat to these two and be like, yo, shout out to the fucking 
gay squad i see y'all <laughs> happy mother's day <laughs> what did i Honestly, say like my favorite queer family unit like <laughs> it yeah. made my day this it, morning i looked yeah. it up when i saw it this morning like it was amazing so i thank you and <laughs> it means everything in the world like to have those kinds of people that are going to be there for you in that way Definitely. right and um i think all of us would drop everything for each other the same way that any yeah. other family would um and you know like i think about the fact that i have a family i still have, am in contact with them and they would drop everything for me as well but they don't understand me yeah and that's a separate portion of this as well is that that chosen family that community that we have we understand each other and so even if you're not a cis ally if you're in the lgbtq community you have to understand that there's others out there looking at you that may not, you know, be out, out, out yet or whatever. So be kind. We have all been there and I could not be here today if I didn't have those allies or those people that did understand and were there to listen. Um, I think about, and I'll give a shout out to one of my favorite people of all time who runs the local laser hair and electrolysis, you know, place. And she was entirely, um, she, she's cis. She is not a part of the LGBTQ community, but she has taken it upon herself to absolutely help those in that community. When I showed up to the first Trans Arizona event, I had a buzzed head. I had a little bit of makeup on and I was wearing a bad t-shirt and a bra and like some shitty jeans and she was like welcome hun and just brought me in and supported me in every way and taught me where to go in the area because it's not always easy to find like as we talked about that mental health care or the you know trans gender affirming care like she helped me find it and I would not be who I am today without her that's what allyship is all about just show up yeah it doesn't uh, it does not hurt you to be nice to somebody and oh this is so good i think i think every queer gay lesbian trans non-binary whomever person has that person right they have this one random person who finds them and just goes there they are i'm gonna this this little special gay person i'm gonna make their fucking day and i don't know if they conscientiously do it or if they're just doing what they would have wanted someone else to do for them but either way that shit is fucking rad please yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) it makes my little queer heart go flutter yep (laughs) and there's a lot of paying it forward in the gay community that happens right like for instance someone i know just got top surgery i was very excited about it this is actually a co-worker of mine we were all fucking like yeah awesome. fuck yeah <laughs> and when this person recovered and came back they gifted their binders to different people and i was one of the recipients of one awesome. and i felt yeah i felt so fucking floored i was like I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh my God, this is the best. It's amazing. It was magical. (laughs) Well, I even think about um, 
there's this person as well who was a trans man and came out at the same time as me. And the two of us did a clothing swap. You know, one of the things that people don't talk about is trans people. You have to replace your entire wardrobe when you come out. Right. And so I had nothing. I had gone to Goodwill and had bought in like five pairs of clothes and like they were all shitty. Right. But they they were my first set of like women's clothes. And then he, the trans man who also needed clothing, like ran into me and we met and the two of us got together for a fashion show in my house at the time and we traded all of our clothing and (laughs) it was amazing and this is the kind of stuff that makes a difference right so all of a sudden I went from having nothing to like having a decent set of clothes from a you know like a very caring and loving person and so even if you're a cis ally like honestly one of the best things that you can give a trans person is just a piece of clothing like yeah Or when you see them wearing something for the first time, like if they're starting to maybe find their gender identity, don't make a fucking big deal about it. Like, just be like, yeah, they look good. Come on, let's go. Um, I think of someone in my life, a young person. We had like a group event here, I think not last year, but the year before. And they went out, they wore a cute little skirt, like a matching hat and they hadn't really gone out like that before and there was myself and like a couple of the moms in the group who were just all the fuck about it at one point this person expressed like a little hesitation about going into the the bathroom right at the establishment they were at they're like i i don't really want to go alone we're like well we can't go in with you but we will go as far as we can with you and if anybody fucking says anything we'll tell them to sit down and shut the fuck up and enjoy the rest of their meal it was just me (laughs) that's the most Philly thing i've ever heard (laughs) it was just me and these two moms who were like we'll tell them to sit the fuck down and shut up (laughs) and we did like we we watched them like some of us stayed at the table someone walked with them and like that was it nothing happened it was just a person going to the bathroom well i i think about the fact the fear that you have because this is the thing when i can remember when i first came out the amount of fear that i had around those everyday situations yeah in which i just didn't know if i was gonna be okay to go into the women's restroom and do my thing and um there were times when that wasn't didn't go well but there were people that really did help with that. And I, I literally had one girl right towards the start who just said, come on, and then walked into the bathroom with me. Didn't obviously go with me, but like just walked me into the bathroom and said, come on. And then like, oh. just stood there, did her makeup in the mirror while I went and did my thing. And then when I got out, she said, let's go. And like, you know, walked out with me. And it's like those kinds of things that make all the difference in the world to help someone feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, I I laugh now at those kinds of things because they're such some of the most euphoric and joyful moments I've I've ever had. They're also (laughs) some of the most hilarious, right? Because thinking about it now, I kind of laugh at my, you know, my baby trans self, like (laughs) as I call it. Like you never know what you might see, never know who you might affect. Yeah, and they you might not know who's trans out there 
who is in the closet, who's an egg, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who might be getting cracked a little bit. And what you do might affect them in more ways than you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's just asking, hey, you okay? Sometimes that's it. Like, that's all you need to do. I had a brief stint where I was like, you know what? I can use the men's bathroom. No, bitch. I cannot. In a lot of rough and tumble places in Philadelphia, not the best idea. I do not have the fortitude for a urinal. Thank you. Also I will put it. A constant you have to roll a dice for constitution check every time you walk into a men's restroom like yes (laughs) (laughs) yes goodness well that's just me right like i personally don't care what restroom it is um i do think they all should be gender neutral yes but there are some places where you might look at it and be like oh my god this is the biggest hurdle of my life when you're still at the start of something like do i use men's restrooms now absolutely not (laughs) am i scared yes (laughs) outside of concert venues the only time i'll go into a men's restroom sometimes is a concert venue only when the line is shorter that's it because either way in either of those restrooms there is pee on the floor and i will take my chances Um, (laughs) (laughs) ladies do it too don't let us lie to you (laughs) on that note i think that like i'll just say this to close it out that for all of those allies out there that are doing the hard work and doing this stuff to support everyone that i just want to give a hail to you and hell yeah (laughs) yeah and uh that's it hail you and hail satan